<clears throat> What's going on, family? You know, we're having another hot take. Now, this one is a bit older. I recorded this in May. Um, so some of the things that I'm talking about, some of the information may be a bit outdated. A uh, few things have happened since then, but I still feel like there's a bunch of relevant information in this episode. So that's why I'm posting it along with this season six. Hope you guys are enjoying so far. Let's get it. Hey, what's going on? So I'm not going to waste too much time. I did not want to do what I normally do, which was, you know, give a hot take as soon as a, a story comes out, because usually you have to change information and more things kind of come out as we get, you know, more information and whatnot. Another reason is because of the frequency of shootings that we've been having. Now, family, I've been telling you these things happen all the time. But they're oftentimes not really discussed. And I want to talk about that shooting that happened in Dallas. Um, but I also want to mention the fact that there was a salon shooting that happened about a week prior in Dallas. Um, where they said the person was delusional. They, they feel it was a hate crime. It was targeted against Koreans. And I'll deal with that bit in a, uh, in a moment. But just something that we should uh, that we should keep in mind that these these attacks are happening with some regularity and oftentimes uh, they are announcing uh, their crimes either on social media or they're recording it you know on, on streaming platforms that seems to be the new thing in fact five days before this Dallas shooting um, they had changed some laws regarding um, broadcasting and doing things on Twitch and I would assume is because of the the frequency and also of uh, of these attacks and also the the silent admission that Dallas is one of those key white supremacist areas. It is, you know. And although I'm, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's complicated. It's it's complicated. Now I think it's really in El Paso, but you know distance and all that. But let's get into it. Let's get into the beer, the the meat and potatoes, so to speak, right? So. I still don't have that guy's name, but this young man, evidently, what was reported is that uh, he had announced about 30 minutes before he goes to the elementary school, he says he was going to kill his grandmother, then he says he killed his grandmother, then he, he announced, and they're not really giving what he actually said, um, how we know they're paraphrasing, they said something to the horn of. So we're not really getting the clear details on what was being said. What we do know is that who was shot was mostly a Latino community. He's identified as being Hispanic. But the thing is, with Texas, it's a really, really interesting thing. And that's why I kind of want to talk about white supremacy in Texas, because they kind of have their own unique history, their own unique relationship with it. You know, even in terms of their lynchings, it was still until pretty recent memory. Like you can you can only go you can go back one generation and five people who still have the postcards of the local lynchings that used to occur where they would not only lynch the person, set them on fire after they cut off their genitalia. This is true, family. If you not if you don't believe this, why don't you just go look it up? This stuff is public knowledge. This not this ain't hidden. But there's a part of uh, Texas history where after the that really, really blown treaty of Guadalupe uh, and, the, and the amalgamations of different things, they're people who were seen as uh, Mexicans, you know, they weren't able to hold on to their land. What ended up happening, and this is documented, this is a part of history, um, where the women who, who held these lands, they would 
marry, you know, a white man because of the, the benefits. We're getting back into the having benefits as opposed to, you know, it being a citizen, understanding where the power is. So they aligned themselves with white men so they could hold on to their fortunes because if they didn't, they wouldn't be able to protect their fortunes. And if we know about what happened, like during the Great Depression, for example, there were a lot of uh, Mexican peoples that were just literally kicked and chased out of their homes. Like the way that white people behaved at that time was, was, it was well, inappropriate, doesn't even begin to start, but that's what happened. So a lot of people, a lot of women particularly, to avoid this, uh, they either married white men or they got their daughters to marry these white men and they were able to have these families. It's no different than what happened in a lot of Native American tribes. Okay, the assimilation in order to maintain or retain some power. And with that comes the, the passing on of ideas, the passing on of ideations. They used to make these jokes about, you know, a white man can make his fortune by going to Texas because he can hook up with one of them senoritas or something along to, you know, something along those lines. So the reason I'm bringing that up, uh, and if people aren't familiar or if you've never seen the movie Black Klansman, you may have seen a scene where there was a Latino who was amongst the, the white supremacists. That is not an unusual thing. In fact, most Latinos, like the Cubanos, who came and fled from Cuba to go to Florida, those were a lot of the people who are aligned, or who are against, rather, Fidel Castro, who are aligned with the old regime that actually still maintains slavery. A lot of people don't know, Cuba stopped this slavery much, 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 much later than everyone else. Much, much, much later, to the point to where even Fidel Castro grew up with slaves. Well, that's when he started getting introduced to Santeria. I don't really want to get into a uh, history lesson on Fidel Castro right now. But this is a very important thing to notice. You know what I'm saying? Uh, particularly, you know, even when you're dealing with Argentinians and things of that nature. So for certain folks that look European, well, it kind of goes into the fact that Europeans did, in fact, colonize Central and South America. So that blood is there. And those ideations of whiteness definitely existed. They just existed in a form of, uh, I believe it's called hyperdescent, where just a little bit of white blood can move you up in the class system, but white being totally white means you're at the top versus the hypo where you have, uh, you know, any drop of black blood makes you the lowest of the low. Okay, I say that to say that ideations, ideologies revolving around people, who's clean, who's dirty, now, this may be a, a leap, but I'm not sure why that young man went and killed his grandmother. I'm not sure why that young man went there and killed all of those Latinos. But let's not, let's not uh, be ignorant to the fact that there's classes within that thing, especially when you're, when you're Mexican. Mexicans are a bit different than other Latinos, even though you have other... Even the way that their country came to be is, is very, very different, you know, but there's classes. There's classes. There is a such thing to them as all those that are dirty. In fact, for, for many years, people don't even know this, that the phrase or the term Chicano used to be a very di a, a disrespectful, derogatory term. It was a term meant for people who had high native blood. Because Mexicans did not acknowledge their black folks in Mexico until 2017. You can look this up as well. They didn't even acknowledge them. There's a lot of African folks who were descendants of slaves who they wouldn't even allow learn the native language, you know, of, of Spanish. In that, or the national language of Spanish. Not their native language, but the national language. But getting more into that. They, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hold on a second. Ooh, 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 ooh. Lost my train of thought, peoples. 
Lost my train of thought. Give me, give me a second. It was saying that uh, as far as Chicanos and that's that sort of dirty blood, I, I don't think people even realize that was a thing that you could have such a thing as dirty blood. So there is some sort of you know racism that is perpetuated, and there's a lot of folks that come here who are, are quite confused about where they sit on that pole. Like for example, a lot of a lot of uh, Mexicans in San Antonio, El Paso, Dallas, all those places. Um, and especially if they have those ranches and they have a lot of money, they identify as white. A lot of them even look white, but that has a lot to do with the history. And when we look at Texas, we know that white supremacist groups have, have really, really grown. And we do know that at least on the level of economics, that there is somewhat of a barrier between those, uh, the, those Mexicans in, uh, in Texas who have the money, who have the ranches, and those that are not. So I'm just wondering how much of this, uh, how much of this incident is really um, these folks lashing out against those that they see as just less pure or not as not as pure as they are. You know, let's also I would also like to remind the family. I talked about this in uh, in earlier podcasts, but in terms of law enforcement, the ones that are pulling the trigger against, you know, black folks or just other people in general has been Latinos. Over the last decade, you're finding more Latinos who are being the perpetrators of these uh, uh, of these shootings when they end up killing uh, a, a so-called person. Because you don't necessarily know if this is a suspect or a criminal, but these are the folks that are that are more likely to do that as of late. We also talk a lot about uh, white supremacy and infiltrating. Uh, law enforcement. There was even an FBI document about that. And there's even a website that tracks down very questionable comments or very questionable posts that police officers make on social media, which is already really, really interesting. Because if you're a police officer, you should already know, you know, like, for what I know, like, (laughs) as far as law enforcement, social media is like, if if, if you have one, it's an extension of you and your job. You're, You're not allowed to put you're not supposed to put anything personal on there, but you do have different people. There's different levels to it. So perhaps to someone who's been a beat cop for forever, you know, for so long has no maybe no motivations of promoting or going up higher. Maybe it's not as important, but it's still paramilitary. It's still paramilitary. So that's even like you have officers in the uh, in the military. You have to understand that. But it's just very, very interesting to me that these things have been coming up. And um, what's even more interesting is the fact that they're not, they're not really allowing the verbatim text or what these people are saying actually be out there, which is, which is very interesting. Because I feel like if I were to do it, you know, if I were to do that, if I were to have something written on my Facebook before I go do something, they would post it. No matter how incendiary it is, they would just give that disclaimer like, uh, caution, what you may hear is going to be offensive and it may make you feel blah, 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 and this program does not uh, condone or blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? And they're going to say what, what was said. The fact that they're hiding what was said, the fact that what, uh, the statements that were made on Facebook were pulled and we're getting paraphrasing of what was said. Um, also comparing that to the other, other notices. Like this is getting, it's getting a bit ridiculous that we're having a more frequency of shooting and we're finding more elaborate ways 
um, for these people to get their messages, to get their intent across. It's almost like uh, damn near like like suicide notes. You know what I'm saying? Because they want you to know why they're doing this. They want you. They they're really like in some ways they're like martyring themselves. And I don't mean to put them in the same context, but it is. It's like these folks are out there martyring themselves. And I even go back to this uh, particular case in uh, Vegas where there were a lot of people, I forget, uh, they're like sound forensics people who were saying that there was more than one shooter. And even when you look at some of the cars uh, that had the bullet holes, you're seeing bullet holes from like different angles, different trajectories, which would make one shooter really, really unlikely. And then the fact that it's just this old decrepit white man, you know, they love to to push that sort of narrative that this old decrepit white man can still get out there and they and they believe this shit a lot of the, a lot of them even believe that shit you know but the reality is very different from the fantasy right but even in that case that happened down in buffalo there has been some reports saying that they believe he was working with more than one person based on who he was having contact with also family let me also mention this if you really want to know about these white supremacists if you really want to know how these people feel and all these just go on reddit just go on Reddit. Reddit will tell you everything that you need to know about these folks. They are very, very open in Reddit. That base, that community, they're very, very open. And they kind of do the same things. They kind of play the same games. Hell, I play a game where you have a lot of these people on there. So I hear these little comments. Sometimes I'll be in, uh, in the little chat in the region and uh, I'll, I'll see these comments being made as far as this, that, and the third. You know, but part of it is, a, is, a, is on our part, and this is where we have to be better. Uh, we don't want to accept that this is really happening. Like we, we're always like, oh, I can't believe that just happened. How could they do that? But we don't really want to accept that there's a bunch of people. We, we really want to believe that there's just a few kooky motherfuckers that are into this. But let me remind you about this base and how this base used to look at our former president and how they announced themselves to be the silent majority. See, it's very, very, it's very, very key. It's very, very key. Silent majority goes uh, along with the invisible empire. They're talking about the in unseen. All right. And also, you know, he's getting a, he's, he's, he's building a bunch of steam too. A lot of y'all don't even get involved in the election process at this point, but it's going on right now. They're battling right now. See, we don't, we, we, we also have to stop picking and choosing when we choose to kind of get into politics, when we choose to follow politics, if you're about politics, you're about that shit, you need to follow it, you know, all the time because it's happening. Changes are happening all the time. But even getting back to my point, because I don't want to say because every time I segue, I forget what the fuck I'm talking about. Right. Um, basically, when we're talking about this particular base and what this base is capable of and and what they want, like they're at a point where they no longer want to be silenced. You see what I'm saying? They're at a point to where they're doing these things, they're acting out. They really do feel like this is a race war. They really do feel this. And they've been saying this for a very long time. The reports are out there, family. You can go look it up. You can go look up uh, white supremacist race war and you'll find a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of information. There's a whole website dedicated to allegedly tracking down these individuals, these, these hate groups. You know, and I always like to say, quote unquote, and I did my little fingers there, hate groups, because you have to understand the, how they define in hate group. But in this case, we're talking about white supremacist groups, right? But we have to remember that these groups want to be heard. They want to be seen. What was the message down in Charleston? What was the message? You see, the most annoying thing for anybody with a message is to feel like they're being silenced. 
is to make them feel like their pleas and their cries are not being heard. So it's with that I feel that they're going to these twitches. They're going to more extreme means, to extreme means or measures of putting their messages out there. If we go online, their feelings and their sentiments are very, very clear. We're just not looking for them. We don't believe they exist. We like to believe, once again, that it's just like one person, like, hey, just one person or just a few crazy uh, people, maybe in a little group somewhere and by a swamp. I don't, I don't know where we envision these people to be. Um, but we don't envision them to, be, to, to number so many. Uh, we don't envision them to, uh, to have such number. Like, do, do we realize that two years, like in two terms, basically two elections in a row, like Donald Trump won the popular vote? Had it not been for some, some late game politician moves to get certain states, come on, because this is what it is. That's the point of these electoral colleges, these elect, because it, it's, it's to maintain control. You can never let the, ha- you know, let the people have a choice. If you actually let the people have a choice, you probably would have that race for. Because there's a lot of people that want it. And they tell, you know, let me not even get there. Let me never get there with it. You guys have the, have the information. Go out there, check it out, look it for yourself. But I want to st- stick with these, uh, with these shooters. These shooters... Yeah, they're trying to martyr themselves. They want to get the message out there. They're trying to, to, to create that call. You know, they're trying to get it cracking, so to speak. Because what would be the like? What would be the reason? Sometimes we have to ask ourselves. Well, what is the motivation? Did they just have a day where they just said, "Okay, fuck it"? I just I keep reading this shit on uh, social media. I keep reading this shit on the Reddit. I keep going into these chat rooms, and we keep talking about it. Yeah, it's time for one of us to be about it. Okay. Um, so how do we explain so many within, we haven't even gotten through halfway through the year. We've had so many different shootings. We've had so many. So either, so if that is true and there's people that are just, just a few of them that, you know, that talk this shit and there's just a few of them that get hyped up. Well, then we have to ask ourselves, well, how many of these people are there really? If it's only going to be a small percentage of these people who actually get out and act, how come we have so much activity? So wouldn't that suggest that if there's only, let's say, out of all the people that are involved, let's say only 10, 20 percent of them actually go do something like that. So what's 10, 20 percent? It's probably even less than that. But what's 10, 20 percent? of all these shootings that we've had this year. What's 10, 20%? And actually, it'd probably be more like 5, 10. What's, but, what, but what does that number look like when we're having these instances happen so frequently? Where we're seeing in, like situations where this is occurring. You know, if everybody who walked out there and, and, and walked to Charleston, who or not walked, but traveled out to Charleston, who was within range... Right. Who are within range. If this is just the few, the small percentage, how many people who really feel like that, who are too scared to get out there, go out there with them, feel the same way that they do? See, I'm trying to show you how to use that algebra, that mathematic that they taught you in high school. This is how you find the unknown. This is algebra. That's the variable. Right. (laughs) We know that this group came from a larger sum. That's X. Right. (laughs) We have this number over here. We're just going to call it, just for the sake of argument, we're going to call it 50. We're not going to give it a variable right now because I don't want to confuse you. All right? And we know that this 50 represents 
five percent <laughs> represents five percent of uh the people that actually want to get involved. And I'm, now when I'm about to use this number, I'm actually seeing that my numbers, 5% may never been up because 5%, that would make us, so if, I, ah, so if 5% is 50, that means 10% is 100. 10%, so the whole 100% would be 1,000. Sorry about that family. I'm over here getting accosted by a fucking wasp and whatnot. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm trying to do this podcast out in this uh, out in this all this beautiful ray. But yeah, is that I mean 10% of that that would be a thousand. I mean, out of all them, and it was probably hundreds of people out there. But we just calling it 50. So out of those 50, there was really a thousand people who felt that way. Come on now. So once again, when we say things like, you know, your time is up and there's more, you know, there's more of us than you. There's more white people that care about black people. Then, but is that really true? And if that were really the case, would these people be bold enough to do what they do? See, we know the type. These aren't strong people. They're not strong enough to, to go do these actions on their own. They get hyped up first. They get on Twitch. They have to have their boys on there hyping them up. You know, like, yeah, yeah, that's right. You show them niggers. You show them niggers. That's right. You shoot their asses. I'm proud of you, boy. You know? They're not out there. They're not able to just walk out there, say it's on, it's on, and just get it cracking. No, they got to go talk to themselves first. They got to hype themselves up. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. Fuck hip-hop. Yeah. Hip-hop. Yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah. Come on, now. The profile of these people, the attitude of these people are not strong. They're not strong. They're not strong enough to deal with you on the one-on-one. They're not strong enough to go head up. That's why this group used to go around with the sheets on their face. Another reason they used to go around with the sheets on their face, they didn't want you to know who they were. See, uh, once again, they wanted you to think that these are just the poor, broke people. Those are just the foot soldiers that they trick. Yeah, they, they exist, but this ain't them. When you do the research on the Ku Klux Klan, you'll find out that a lot of their stuff started in a damn uh, fraternity. So who does fraternities? You have to go to college to go to college to be in a fraternity yeah meaning you have to have money especially around the time that this kkk started if you were going to a college your family had money you have to remember the homestead act wasn't there yet they didn't have no school was no carnegie was no henry ford yet yeah henry ford has something to do with the schools as well and the hours that you work but there wasn't none of that shit that existed yet. Wasn't around. So there wasn't even a need to... Shit, your job was going to be whatever job that you, like, most likely your family had or whatever trade that you can learn. You understand? So these people wear any sheets. They're not just the poor. They're people who have something to lose. These people have... They're public figures. 
when we go into that story, you know, family, go check that out. I did one with Ida B. Well on Ida B. Wells and her work, right? You had a, in that particular case, you had a doctor. The doctor was the one who pulled the trigger. The town doctor, he was a part of the lynch mob. So this is what we're dealing with. People saw David Duke down there, but people at this point already knew about David Duke. So David Duke showing his face down there in Charleston. I know, sorry, I'm jumping around a little bit. But David Duke showing himself down there in Charleston wasn't really a big thing because people kind of already knew about him. They already knew. You know, what I always like to bring up, though, four years you know, before Bill Clinton. So before Bill Clinton ran for, uh, for the president of the Democratic Party, David Duke ran for president of the Democratic Party, and he had these white supremacist ties. I always like to bring that up because people like to sweep that under the rug. Okay. But my point is, out of all these people, the people that are bold enough to get out there and tell you about how they really feel, how many, and just knowing, just understanding the attitude, understanding that this is not how it was. See, this is not America where it was great for them, where they could tell you where to go and how far. You know what I'm saying? This ain't the America where they may not necessarily hate you, but they don't want to see you do better because they know you doing better could put them to, uh, out of business or make them lose some money. Or their kids lose some money. How many of those people you think live around you? How many of those people really feel that? You know, who, who you feel like they don't believe in that pure blood stuff? They may not talk about it, but let's look at their family. Let's look at how they date, how their family dates. Who their family associates with. How many blacks do they hang out with? And what kind of black do they hang out with? Because it don't, it don't mean shit to me. If you white and you hanging out with the with the school uh, star athlete who happens to be black, they don't have a problem with that. They don't have a problem. You know, if anything, that person being around is going to help their boy. And if he just so happens to get their daughter pregnant, well, they got that DNA, and they won't have to worry about any blackness getting on that child. That's just where it's at. That's just where it's at. But I really wanted us to think about that because we got to get out this mindset that is just a few. It can't be a few. It can't be a few. This, this happens way too frequently. This happens way too often. And the nature of how it happens suggests that there's more people. The people that are going out there doing this killing is like it's like equivalent to that kid in school that... It might be weaker than the rest, a little bit more uh, easily influenced, malleable, right? And they can hype that person up to go do something, go maybe steal something, maybe go do something to somebody. Yeah, because they want to fit in. Because they want to be cool. They want to be accepted. You see? That's what this shit is all about. Shit is all about acceptance. The fact that they can't accept your black ass. <laughs> and a lot of these folks that's doing shit, they're trying to be accepted amongst the group that they're in. Yeah. They want to prove themselves. And they got, and you know, they do have, you know, initiations like that. You know, where they, uh, where they make person go do something. But... Why else? Like, we have to, you know, because that's really what I'm calling for. I'm asking for us to really break down, for us to really look into 
why are people doing these things? Why is it happening like this? What could have been the end game? What is the, why would you go do that? And we'll put it on Twitch so your, you know, so your buddies could see it. It has to be something more than just entertainment, especially when this isn't, once again, the first time that this happened. I go back to that New Zealand uh, case that I talked about in the last episode. There was a New Zealand case that happened in 2019 where a man goes in there and shoots 51 people in a church. You know what I'm saying? Hate crime, race related, but he put that shit on Twitch. He put it on Twitch, 2019. Why are we having these cases so similar? Why are we having it like this? That's my question. We haven't really asked ourselves, is it just because they hate? Is it just because they're like, whoa, I didn't like the color on his skin? Has it ever really been that simple? Family, where are the cases of these things happening like this in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s? You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that cases of our acts of terror didn't happen, but where did it just happen like this on the strength of just some entertainment? Hell, jumping somebody, beating them up, all that other kind of shit. Yeah, I'm unfortunately as fucked up as it is. Yeah, that can be seen as entertainment. But when you go and assault a church, you're sending a message. When you assault a supermarket, you're sending a message. And the reason why I was bringing up the Korean stuff, so thank you guys for saying, you know, if you listen for as long as you have, you're going to hear what I meant by that. Here's the thing about the Korean thing and what we, have to, what we have to realize. We can't get too caught up in who has a bill and who has this and who has that. That's a part of the distraction. That's part of the insult and that's part of the distraction. What we also, but what we can say, what we can say is that groups that are non-white, to an extent, more show blacks is, and, and the numbers prove it. But we are, we're seeing folks move and get mobile against different groups, against the Asian, against the black specifically. But we don't see those same, or I said I should say especially, but we don't see those same attacks to the Asian in the same ways as the blacks get attacked. Like there's no Asian getting attacked like Deshaun Watson is getting attacked or like how Bill Cosby gets attacked. You know what I'm saying? So we have to bring it back down to, okay, so what do these things mean? What does it mean when these people create acts of terror against a particular group of people? It's to send a message. It's either a message that stay in your place. It's a message of, hey, you better watch out. But it's to send a message. It's to send a message. So now that we know that they're sending messages, what messages are they sending? What messages are they sending? That this is still their country? We're making America great again? We're taking our country back? I've heard, I've heard things like this. What does it mean to take their country back? What do they really mean by that? What would taking their country back look like? You see, it's, it's more than just the jobs. It's what the jobs represent. It's more than, it's more than that. It's about your deference to them. It's about your deference. What did Joe Biden say in the beginning of the year? He said, hey, y'all better learn how to get along with the Latinos because they're going to outnumber us. In a lot of these cases, you're, you're hearing about white folks being outnumbered. They're having more of them. I've heard, even heard this similar thing as far as the South. 
I've met a man from the South and he was just like, shoot, I was more comfortable there because it was just mostly white and black. I didn't have to deal with Asian or Latino, you know? <laughs> he was like, when I got my drugs, I knew I went to the, to the black part of the neighborhood and I dealt with a certain black person. Now you come here, you got to deal with a white boy. I had never seen a white person sell drugs. This is what a person had told me. This is what a person had told me. But why is, but why is that significant? It's because look at, it's, it's about how they view things. It's about their perspective. It's about changing the status quo. And we know what kind of xenophobic people that they are. That's what it's about. They don't like change. They don't. They didn't like to change when we started having shit. Oh my goodness. They're not people who like change. They like things to more or less stay the same. Don't change it up too much. So what do you think they feel? What do you think they feel? They see the Asians in the world. I, I know what that shit is about. That shit is about stay in your goddamn place. Because when you look at this, just the quote-unquote Orient, and we look at how much money they're making, and we look at the moves that they're making politically and stuff like that, people are taking notice. A lot of these folks take notice. This is a more so of just like, oh, remember where you're at. But they're not going to attack them through the legal, so they're not going to sit up there and, and pin rape cases on them and do all this, that, and the third. You know, that's not what this is about. But I didn't, ooh, I didn't went on a tangent. So forgive me, family. Still went on that tangent. But uh, hopefully there's some good information out of this. So just to kind of get it back to, to the case in point, we're dealing with the Hispanic boy and him shooting up Dallas. And I do believe that it's attached to white supremacy because just because you are Latino or you're identified as Latino, that does not mean that you are non-white. And even now they have it on the government forms that if you are a Latino, they want to know, are you black Latino, white Latino, Asian Latino? You know, you did what I'm saying? So they know. They know. But, and I think he knows. Because that's something, you know, that's something there. I feel like this whole situation, that whole situation right there was more of a, a prove-it situation. And, you know, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I'll find some more details within the next few days. Maybe I'll find those Facebook posts. Maybe they'll release them, let people see it. Maybe we'll find more information on that. But I just have a hard time believing uh, that that wasn't the case. You know, I just, I, I, I find it really, really hard to believe that. Because nine times out of ten, and that, you know, and that other one is kind of obscure because we may not have all the information. Nine times out of ten, when, when a school gets shot up, it's, it's, it's highly influenced by some, some racism. You know, maybe that one could be bullying, but come on. But when you talk about, like, school shootings, there usually is some sort of motivation. Like, what kid goes to, goes to a school and just decides to kill folks for no reason? What kind of 18-year-old allegedly shoots his grandmother? I haven't heard too much about that. And then goes to an elementary school. He's 18. And he goes to an elementary school with mostly Latinos. Mostly Latinos who could probably be identified as Chicano. And just start killing them. Like, how can you... And so that has nothing to do with bullying. That has nothing to do with 
You know, that's like, like to me, that's really, really sick. It's showing something way deeper than that because you didn't just go and, and shoot up a school of your peers or a place of your peers. You went and shot at elementary school. You went and shot the future. You went and shot the future. You're showing a, a low regard for not just human life, but children, but for children, children of a people. And then why would you kill your grandmother? Kind of going back into that historical context, like who was his grandmother? How much money did she have? What was her origin? Why would you kill? That's like almost like killing off your own mother. And clearly he wasn't regarded as white. He, he may have had the white blood, but he, they shot him down. They killed him. Their only regret, as they said earlier today, is that shit, they weren't able to get him in time. And I'm, and I'm to the horn of. <laughs> they said something to the horn of. You know, the only thing that they, were, that they didn't succeed in was getting to him uh, before he could take so many more lives. So they had every intention of not bringing that young man in alive. And I have no problem with that. I really don't. You go and kill and stake the lives. I don't care who you are. I don't care what color, creed, gender, whatever the hell you are. You go do something like that. I'm not going to feel bad for you. I'm not. Let that be known right now. I don't feel bad. But uh, I do find it interesting how everything, how everything went down and the fact that it was in Texas. In a place where race is already obscure. Oh my goodness. That's what I'm talking about, family. I'll go look on my arm for a second and there's a white eye. I ain't never seen a spider that white. They almost look like a lime green. Oh, these spiders is real, real clever. Real clever. And it was able, yeah, and I know it's, it's used to blending in like that because when I blew it off my arm, the damn thing gonna sit up there steal until I blew on it and then I seen it move. I blew that shit. I just... I could just feel something was wrong. That don't make no damn sense, though. I just put all that damn beam oil on. Shit, I got a goddamn beam. It must be this oil or this other thing. It must be the smell good overpowering the damn beam. Which sounds uh, hard to believe. The words coming out of my mouth. But either way, family. Uh, thank you for going through this this far. We can still regard this as a hot take because this is sort of all over the place. This is like a rant. Yeah, so that's what I'll call it. I'm going to change the title. I'm going to call it the uh, Dallas Shooter Rant and me just uh, speaking my heart about this situation and just the first things that come to mind. My, you know, I don't want to call it a first impressions because this ain't a goddamn review. There ain't nothing to fucking... Uh, I'm not impressed by, by what happened. You know what I'm saying? You go into an elementary school to kill a bunch of children is not impressive. I don't have any impression... You know what I'm saying? Because that was some that was some low bullshit. I don't even want to say. I already know I'm cussing. I'm sorry, family, but I did increase the uh, I did increase the uh, the the rating of my content to mature. So now I shouldn't have as many issues. But I'm still just to deliver that quality content. I'm I'm trying not to uh, to curse. Trying not to curse, but yeah. With that being said, peace, love, and light. Thank you for making it through all of this here podcast. 
Uh, with that being said, um, still follow me on Twitter. Still follow me on Instagram. I am uh, I am in school. I don't know if I told you guys that in the last uh, episode that I'll be going back to school to finish my degree. I uh, started school last week, kind of just getting back into the rhythm of things. You know, it's not so much about like being able to study and get into the content. You just have to get used to the classes and just really just to, just being a student again, which you, you do kind of take for granted. Like as much as I read books, I take notes, I study and I learn all these different things. There is a way that you go to school. Right. There is a formula uh, to that. So kind of getting reacquainted with that. Uh, got through my first week. I got a schedule now. Like I got like a routine, you know, that I, that I feel works or that will work. I just kind of made some adjustments. Um, always thinking about improving, you know, bringing more things to the community. Um, what I'm learning is, is basically STEM, you know, so I want to be able to bring that to community and be able to teach it at a high level. You know, the same way that I kind of approach this history, I want to apply this as well because uh, this th- that really is the wave of the future. And while all these different things are happening, while we're still fighting these different attacks, we can never forget about what our goals should be as far as moving forward, as far as progressing, as far as never having to deal with this again and competing still competing black businesses. All those things are still very, very viable in a world where we're talking about potential race wars because you can't find a war with no money period. And you need assets. You need assets. And one of our biggest problems right now is that not enough of our people, we have the brain power, we have the intelligence, but not enough of our people have the skills uh, to become assets or the skills uh, to become major competitors. We have all the drive, we have all the passion. You know, a lot of us even have the work ethic, but if you don't have the skill that you need to work on to be uh, competitive, then you're going to be a bit stuck. Right. So, you know, I'm doing my part to, uh, to help remedy that uh, more podcast episodes coming soon. I still don't have a mic because I had to deal with a whole bunch of stuff as far as getting enrolled in school. But hey, that should be coming and I'll be able to uh, do more of these podcasts that I have lined up. I've written out a couple of them uh, that I want to do. That's not so loose like this one, but I really want to get that mic so you guys can hear me clearly, you know. Because, you know, you guys want to hear my handsome voice, you know, and you guys say I sound good. So, uh, yeah, with that being said, peace, love and light. Uh, Thanks for supporting me. Uh, Check out.